0: everybody this is the georgia songbirds and we're here mr alex hall a uh, nashville singer songwriter but he's a good old boy like us from georgia uh, so introduce yourself alex
1: i'm alex hall and uh yeah i'm a country music artist from gainesville georgia but i live in nashville now and uh yeah i'm excited to be here today it's gonna be fun
0: uh when's the last time you played in gainesville
1: oh man it's been years um gosh i don't even remember to be honest i know we're we've been um We've been talking about trying to figure out a way to get back and do another show, because I know there's a new venue, I think, that just opened down there that I saw and then a few other things. So we're we're talking about trying to figure out a way to do it because it's been a minute. So uh, so I'd love to come back and play show.
0: You're actually coming uh, the 29th back to Georgia, right? You play it. You're opening for Tanya Tucker.
1: Tanya Tucker. Yeah, man. Uh, Down in Atlanta, I think it's at Atlanta Symphony Hall, I believe Mm -hmm. is where it is, Um, which I've never been to. But uh, it sounds sounds like a lovely place.
0: Yeah, I was telling. Uh, I guess Casey is the lady here I've been talking to, yep. uh, back and forth. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come. I'm gonna bring my wife as like a date night. Oh, awesome! Just uh, to, to see you guys and. uh, to say Tandy, I hadn't, I didn't realize, and I'm sure Tandy Tucker's not listening to this, so I can say this. I did not know. I thought she was older than she was because I know she started at 14 with Delta Dawn, and I was yeah. like, okay, she's she's been around a while. Yeah. And then my daughter told me how old she was. I was. Like, oh, Reba's older than she. Oh, I better not say that.
1: It's it's pretty crazy. I mean, I think it's because of the act of that she did start so young. But I mean, I think that song came out. I'm gonna get this wrong, but I think it was like 1972 ish. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. I, I honestly didn't realize what her age was either until I, I, toured with her for the first time in 2019, um, right before the pandemic happened actually. And, uh, and I, I, grew up a huge Sandy Tucker fan, but I didn't really know much about her story until that point. Um, besides the fact she was 14 and all that stuff. And, uh, it's, it's pretty crazy, but man, she crushes it live and it's, it's a great, uh, great show, great tour. So uh, but we'll have to link up at the show down in Atlanta and uh, and actually meet each other in person.
0: Yep. Uh, just for the big bearded guy. That's me. <laughs> mm-hmm. my, my wife is uh, is military, so she, I had to make sure she wasn't on drill that weekend. I was like, okay. Awesome, Can, man. You, So you want a date night? She goes, where are we going? I was like, do you want a date night? Yes or no? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's awesome. If what, not, uh, what branch is she in? Uh, Army. She's been
0: awesome, in great. for, t- I think, 27 years now. She's wow. an 7 uh, when I met her, she was a drill sergeant. I think she's back being a drill sergeant now. Um, it's funny because she'd come home from from drill after her her annual training, or you know, she had been gone for two weeks. She's still in soldier mode, and then she starts going soldier, on me Like, no, 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 I'm not your soldier.
1: <laughs> so that's she has awesome. to wind down, but she's cool. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Congratulations on opening for Tan. That's a big deal.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you. It's it's pretty cool, man. You know, I, I grew up listening to. Primarily nothing but classic country. That's what my parents loved. And you know, I kinda inherited it, I guess, from them and, and everything. So I, I yeah, to, to be able to I've been really fortunate in my career so far to uh to get to, to meet or work with quite a few heroes and uh and that, that'll that'll just never be something that gets old It's pretty it's pretty cool.
0: Now I see the Elvis picture behind you and I was reading now was Elvis the first person you heard on the radio, is that what I read?
1: Yeah, something like that. Uh, you know, he passed away in 1977, and I was born in 1994, so there's clearly a big gap there. Um, but uh, it's my first recollection of music, and, and I, I I don't know if I, I found it via my grandparents somehow or what, but I, I had this gold um, Elvis CD that had, like, 30 number one hits or something on it, and, and that's just my first, like, recollection of something that I tangibly, like, had in my hand. It was mine, and, and I just was fascinated with it i fell in love with him and and the music and that's definitely where i think the the love of music for me started was and i don't even again i don't really know why because my parents to this day aren't elvis fans like no one in my household was like avidly playing elvis um i was just this weird kid from (laughs) the middle of nowhere listening to elvis presley at three years old
0: yeah you're not the only one I loved Elvis I, I I was born in 77 so when he died I was born like a few months before uh, and my mom and them will listen but I remember my first song already was uh the Eagles Heartache Tonight and oh that, man that that kind of shaped me and my music and my band yeah. and stuff so I can I see Elvis Elvis shaping completely shaping people
1: oh man well and, and you know I mean he really invented the wheel for so much stuff obviously and so you know it, yeah it's it's pretty amazing and I, I was just always I <clears throat> still am fascinated with his his style and the energy that he had and all the above but uh but yeah man it's he definitely is the reason that i got the bug i think for pretty early on and and just became obsessed with it and i uh as a kid there were literally two things that i wanted to grow up to be and it was either elvis presley or i was also i grew up rodeoing and all of the above and my favorite movie as a kid was this movie called eight seconds about lane frost oh i love that movie and Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's a great movie and um and so, yeah, I, I either wanted to grow up to be Lane Frost or Elvis Presley, and, and I, I clearly went the, the Elvis route. So, uh,
0: the guitars yeah. don't chase you.
1: No, nah, yeah, <laughs> not, not quite as bad as the bull will. No, absolutely not.
0: I re- I remember uh, my mom, when I was a kid, I would always emulate Elvis. I would do his voice. I was like, oh, you know, I'd, I'd sing and stuff. And every time when well, my mom would have like, when she was live, we'd do like a karaoke thing, I'd invite friends and family over and would sing here at the house. And she always made me do Elvis cause I could, I could hit his, his notes and do his voice. Yeah. But it's funny. I can only do Elvis sound like Elvis on Elvis songs. If you give me another song, and I try to do uh-huh. Elvis voice to it. I can't do it. It, it messes that's, me I mean, up. That's
1: fair. That's fair. I mean, it's, it's a very specific, you know, that's a very specific sound. That's mm-hmm. awesome.
0: Now, uh, you mentioned barrel racing, right? So, yep. so I was reading, uh, you actually, you, did you barrel race before or after you quit school?
1: before i started doing that like honestly about the same time i started walking uh i i was i grew up from a long line of cowboys and and horse farmer raisers whatever they are uh, ranchers whatever mm-hmm. um and uh and so i was on the back of a horse like Santa Michael walk and then i started barrel racing around the time i was like probably about four or five and um and i did that all the way up till i was about 14 15 when i started kind of really getting in guitar and stuff and and playing shows and all that and and it both of them you know take a lot of time and so my parents kind of gave me an ultimatum of like if you're going to do music that's fine that's awesome but like we really got to focus on that or if you're going to do horses we're going to do that and so I uh I hung up the saddle and just kept playing guitar
0: have you been on a horse since
1: I have a few times um our our last horse we had to put down back in 2000 18 i believe it was uh where where i grew up in my the house i grew up in and and that was the last one we had and and that's the last time i've been on a horse honestly was with that horse um so it's been a few years still have a a deep connection and love with them and I, and I, i would love to have some more horses of my own someday too but it's been it's been a couple of years
0: my my little girl did horseback riding lessons for a couple years she she loved horses now she's into uh she's in color guard for band, but she also does, she wants to wrestle. So she's joined the, she just started high school. Now she's joining the wrestling team.
1: That's awesome.
0: So, so I, maybe I have to give her ultimate pick one. Cause it's like, ch- <laughs> I, don't
2: know place.
1: I mean, <clears throat> that's what my parents did for me, but you know, I mean, I, I think there's something to be, to be said for having your hands on a lot of things too. Cause I feel like that's how you really can find out what you're, what you're passionate about, you know, but uh, that's awesome, man. That's sounds like she's doing some cool stuff.
0: Yeah, her twin brother loves NASCAR. That's his dream now. He wants to race NASCAR. Awesome. So he's I'm going
1: to sing the uh, the anthem at NASCAR race in Texas in like two weeks. I think actually that we're doing it on Texas Motor Speedway. I think those would be cool.
0: That will be cool. Yeah, he he keeps telling me we we he wants to take me to Daytona and he they're they're 14. Both of them are 14. So they're they're got their goals. I'm not I'm I'm not going to shatter their dream. I'm gonna let them reach for whatever they want. Give it a yeah, shot. Man. Don't say no. You know, be there to help them. And if they can't do it, like hey, you tried. Yeah, to try harder or, or move on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome.
0: And speaking of, of trying harder, now there there's a story, and I haven't. I want to hear the story. You actually quit school, and then you went back to, and you bar you bartered. I don't know how you did this, so you bartered with the school to let you come a certain time. So tell that story because that that was an interesting yeah. read.
1: Yeah, I well, <clears throat> again, I don't know if I can say this or not, but I, I basically I. I, I come from a pretty long line of bullshitters too.
0: <laughs> you can say whatever uh, you want to on a show.
1: They were they were probably all meant to be songwriters in another life, uh, realistically, but um I was in high school and I, I started playing in bars and restaurants, wherever around North Georgia originally that would let me play mm-hmm. uh, as a fifteen year old kid that probably wasn't that good. You know, that picked up to playing in to some clubs and then opening up for some bands and, and kind of you know spreading out into the southeast more than just north georgia and and by the so by the time i was a junior in high school i was playing somewhere between like 125 to 150 shows a year and this major booking agency in nashville had started booking shows and so i was just i was gone a lot and then i was also making trips to nashville to write and all the above and so i was missing a lot of school And, and long story short basically it was towards the end of my junior year, they called me into the administrator's office and basically were like, look, you've missed however many days of school that it was, which was, it was significantly over the allowed amount that you're you by the state allowed to miss. And they're like, you basically can miss no more school or you're gonna get suspended, expelled, et cetera. And um, I was a pretty arrogant teenager. I thought, you know, I was a pretty big deal, even though I wasn't. Um, and I basically was like, "Music is my path," and I didn't do a very good job of explaining to them that I wasn't at home just skipping school, playing guitar in my garage. Like I was actually like, I was out opening for Charlie Daniels or Thomas Red or who Gary Allen, whoever. Well, I was doing stuff, but you know, I think in their mind, I was just kind of like skipping school to play guitar, which is you know fair. And so I um <clears throat> I left school. I went home to my parents and I was like, "Look, I, I this is what I'm going to do." My parents were incredibly supportive uh, of everything as well, which was amazing. And uh, so we went up to the school and I withdrew and dropped out of my high school, and um, and I had enrolled in online classes to finish my senior year, and I was pretty quickly failing all of those classes um, because I again was only focused on music and I didn't care about my education at the time and um and so the the, the senior year was approaching and all of the above and, and I just had this feeling that I'd, something wasn't right and so I went back up and I <clears throat> I knew my principal fairly well I went to school with their 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 kids and stuff and and I went back in and I basically made a deal with them that like I they they would let me miss on a limited amount of days because I explained to them and I kind of like had to prove it to them but that what I was doing was a career it was a a passion and a dream that I was chasing. It wasn't just a hobby or something that I was doing. And, and I did limit how many days I was missing and stuff to more than what I was. So it was, it was very intentional and more important stuff. But, uh, but I basically made a deal with them. Yeah. That like, as long as I kept my grade above a certain average and I uh, made it to all the testing days and all that stuff that, uh, that they would basically just uh, ignore my absent days and for the rest of the year and i graduated and then i moved to nashville immediately after that so you know i i made it through and but they they did make an exception and which was amazing of them but you know i say uh people people ask me about that all the time which because i think it is i guess people find it interesting that I, I dropped out of school and made a deal with my school to stay but i definitely would have never made it past where i was without my teachers and without the educators there and all of it because they were incredibly supportive in what i was doing and also i mean some of the teachers are the reason that i started playing guitar and writing songs in the first place um so you know it, it was an interesting time and uh high school was not for me but i uh i made it i graduated and then i i got out of there
0: see now that's that's a cool story one because the school lets you even do that i mean it, yeah. that that they would go above and beyond most schools would not do that. They'd do was like, no, you're if you're not here, then fine, you know, whatever. You're go get your uh gb, you just come back to school, yeah. to night school. Now, I think days you you can actually go because when we had when COVID hit, everything shut down. They found they could do like online learning and they did like that school now. Yep that that's something that probably people could do now. I don't recommend. I'm sure you don't either don't recommend, you know, trying to barter your way out of school, but no, (laughs) I would
1: not recommend that anyone, any kids out there listening, I would not recommend trying to convince your, your teachers to do that.
0: Right. Cause after that, it wasn't just, it wasn't like, I know people think it's Mm -hmm. overnight success, but you went to Nashville. It didn't just happen right after high school. Right.
1: No, man. I mean, I, I was already making a lot of trips up to Nashville and stuff. And like I said, like I was at, at William Morris was booking me at the time, so like they were booking my shows and stuff. But like I moved to Nashville, and I did get a publishing deal getting paid to write songs uh, within like a year after moving here, um which was amazing and and great. But even still after that, I didn't sign my record deal with Sony and Monument until two thousand and nineteen. So that was uh, let's see, gosh. I mean, if you're, so that was five years later and then it was 10 years from the first time I came to Nashville after that. So it's like, it was many years of, uh, ups and downs and lows. And like, I thought I was going to quit probably 25 times after that and moved back home because you know, I missed, I missed Georgia and all of the above and miss my family and all of the above. And so, uh, it was definitely not an overnight success. It was not an easy path by any means, but, um, I don't regret any of it. And I, I definitely don't even think that I'd be where I am right now if I didn't take that journey personally, but if I could go back and do
0: it differently, I'd probably change a few things. Yeah. But yeah. It was a testament to I kind know, of, I know that's what everybody says. Oh, overnight success. It's not, it's not, I don't yeah. think it's any for anybody. I think what happens is when you get it, it, it everything starts snowballing faster, yeah. but they don't look at the 15 years before where you were, you know, playing and open and doing whatever you could. Yeah. I, I think that's just I think that's a good thing for songwriters to hear. I'm a songwriter, I have a band, I love listening to other songwriter stories. That's is a good story for up-and-coming songwriters, anybody who wants to quit, because it doesn't happen. And yeah. I, I'm a big I'm a big believer. I think that everybody has at least one one hit in you. There's some that have yeah. more. I mean, I've heard your music, it's great. You have more than Thank one, you. but I do believe they have one. And I just think people give up because their the journey yeah. is not. What they think it is, it's yeah. hard.
1: It's really hard, and you know, I've I've had this conversation with so many people, and and my manager and I actually were just having this conversation a few days ago, and and the people nine times out of ten in in the music industry, the people that make it, whether it's you're in Nashville, or you're back in Georgia, wherever you are, um, the people who are successful in it typically are just able to stand the test of time and you wait it out. And so like that thing does happen and the snowball effect starts happening and then you made it overnight. Mm -hmm. Like like you're saying, like nine times out of ten, it's the fact that you were able to financially keep afloat through all of it, which is also a struggle of it all and emotionally keep afloat through all of it. Because again, it's like this huge up and down roller coaster of like you're at the top of the mountain and then you fall off the mountain and then you got to climb it again. And then it's like this whole thing. And, uh, and I don't think, again, I don't think that it matters whether you're in Nashville or Georgia or LA or wherever you are, you know, it's like it, I, I mean, gosh, even when I was in high school in Georgia, I was, I had so many of those moments of feeling like I was up on top of the mountain and falling back down again. So it's like, I think that's just part of music in general. I think that's what fuels the creativity and all of the above is probably that emotional high and low roller coaster ride. Cause if it was just easy, then like what are you writing about like because like it's like for me it's like you have to have some life worth living you've got to have some of those downfalls and those you know high moments too because I don't know that's the stuff to me that that gives you fuel to to, to keep going um so so yeah I, I definitely think that's accurate and um it uh it sucks how long it takes sometimes but you know that's just part of the journey you know
0: Well, see what we do on here, Alex, we're going to listen to some of your music too. So I'm going to share the screen with you. Um, And since I'm a songwriter, I like the stories. We're going to get into some of your music and we're not done yet, but I always like to kind of throw music in, in the middle of it too. Uh, So what's the first song that you want to play for everybody and share? Oh
1: man. Is this off of the the new record? Uh,
0: It can be whatever you want. I've got the stuff from the new record that they sent to me. Uh, We can go off strictly off of that if you want. Let's share uh... the screen
2: let's do
1: let's see there we go let's go with uh her here I think that's a pretty cool one
0: heard, okay heard to hear now as as a songwriter I like to hear stories of it so what's the what's the story for this song
1: that song is it, one of my favorite songs that I've ever written um I it, you know it was one of those that I think came from somewhere else if you will um but I'm very happily married i I have a little boy like my life is you know, for the for the most part pretty pretty happy but I uh I love to put myself in in another character shoes if you will sometimes and, and this is definitely one of those songs and you know I, I I'm in love I have all of the things and this song is about the opposite of that of like having all of it being in love having your uh you know being on top of the world and then and losing it all and basically wondering how the hell did you get from her to here um and uh, and so, you know, I, I always love to put myself in those shoes and then be like, if my wife were to leave me, what would I feel? What were the emotions that I would feel and go through? And I know that's kind of like weird logic to think about not for uh, a songwriter, <laughs> you know, but yeah, not for a songwriter. And, uh, and so that's kind of what the song is about is like, I just put myself in the shoes of, of, of like, what would it feel like to be where I am and to lose all of it? and uh like in my relationship and stuff and so that's kind of what the song's about and um and and musically it was inspired by uh gentle in my mind the um glenn campbell song okay. and um it, you can kind of hear it in there how it kind of builds through the track and stuff so it was musically inspired by that a little bit but uh but yeah that's what that's what the song's about
2: Driving round in circles while the sun sets pink and purple Wish I could turn it off just like the radio Cause that watercolor sky hits like a heartbreak souvenir How the hell'd I get from her to here? I pull into a parking lot, some little no one knows me spot. Sit down at the bar and bomb a smoke. By the time I light it up, that first whiskey glass is clear. How the hell did I get from her to here? If I knew she was gonna call my bluff, I would've ran. And arms around instead of acting tough If I knew she wasn't gonna hit the brakes I'd have chased her down the drive Now watch her drive away They're about to turn the neon off I'm barely hanging on the rocks i leave my truck and catch her right back It's from- I'm stumbling, sleep out on the couch again I know I'll feel like shit come tomorrow But those sheets upstairs are colder than that lonely last call be. How the hell did I get from her to here Oh, how the hell'd get
0: that is a good song. <laughs> I, I listen uh, I love the hook heard it here that's just thank that's a very Nashville hook.
1: Yeah, thank you man. I appreciate it. I mean I I would love to take credit for that hook but I, one of my co-writers uh Travis Wood came in with that idea. I had the guitar part um that I've been messing with for a while and uh just that little progression um, and I just was playing it over and over again and he he just, I th- and I think the original idea was not anything in that world, but he had the title heard to hear, and I and I, I loved it because I, I I'm a sucker for alliteration too. And mm-hmm. I think it's, I love it, and um, yeah, it's one of my favorite songs I've ever written.
0: I got to write a song. I did a a workshop with a buddy of mine, Keith Burns, and he had uh, Steve Dean and. um Karen Staley and me and Steve wrote a song and I had an idea for a song and this is this goes a process I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask your question too uh but I remember I'm sitting there playing I'm doing like little fast little videos like I called it short short I didn't have a title for it I was like just yeah. playing with a riff and it turned into Honey Bear and I'm like I never thought of it but the the process that Nashville has. So that's a songwriting process. Uh-huh. And I've been trying to get people in Georgia to do the same thing. Nashville, you know, you get in there it's songwriting is you have to do it. So kind of explain or walk people who are listening that are songwriters, the, the Nashville process of coming in for a song. I just different, a little different every yeah. time, but the general. idea.
1: Yeah. Thing. I, uh, I equally had an issue trying to get that when I lived down there too. I, I, I had found a few folks that, that kind of did what they do in Nashville. And I actually learned, The way that it's done up here by a a man, both of them actually passed away now, unfortunately, but it's a a guy named Mike Deakle out of Athens, Georgia, who, you know, he he had some hits with Kenny Rogers and uh, a lot with Brantley Gilbert and all of that. But he was the first person I ever wrote songs with, and um, he taught me the art of co-writing. Then there's another man uh, from down there. His name's Bruce Birch, and uh, and he started the John Gerard Foundation and all this stuff around there and uh, had some Reba hits and all of the above and. And stuff like that and so those were the two guys that kind of really taught me about co-writing and then taught me about kind of the nashville way of doing it and uh which again basically back to your question is basically you know you, you go into a room uh pretty much five days a week it's it's like a job for most folks, you know, you, again, you get, you get, you have a publishing deal typically, and you're getting paid a salary basically to, to write it songs. And then they, they get to own a portion of that song mm-hmm. in order for you to get paid and write it. And you go in, uh, typically at 11 a.m. So you can, you know, you get to start your, your job later. <laughs> um, and, uh, you write a song you get you go into you either go into a publishing house which is you know in nashville it's either in these old houses down music row or a lot of times they've changed now because nashville's changed so much to where most people have a home studio or whatever it is and uh and you meet up with one to three other people um and you sit in a room and kind of catch up for 30 minutes on how life is and what's going on drink a little bit of coffee because you just woke up you know like an hour or two before 11 and uh and you write a song and sometimes you get something great sometimes you don't and uh sometimes you don't get anything that's basically how it's done and and sometimes you'll be there from 11 to noon and you're done already and you're out for the day and that's that's your your day's done and then gosh there's days where I've been in there for 12 plus hours and still not left with a song. So it's like, it's just interesting and it's always different, but that's kind of the model of it for sure. It's like, it's, if you come down Music Row any day of the week, Monday through Friday around 1030, you're going to just see all the guitars walking into the buildings and all these songs start coming out of nowhere and then um, life goes on.
0: See, and I I've tried that here, like I said, with Georgia, I, I'm, a, I'm huge on co-writing. I love code. I yeah. write anything. If you ever want to write with me, I'm more than happy. I'll show you what I got. But that's the thing that people don't want to, they get they get nervous about sharing their music or ideas. I'm like, look, it, it maybe it doesn't work. It's okay. It's like a date. If it yeah. doesn't work, it doesn't work. You, just, you yeah. know, Thank each other for your time. And, and you move on. There's yeah. totally different styles. Like, I mean, it's, it's crazy that like, there's so much talent here in Georgia. I mean, yeah, there is, there, you, you're from Georgia. You've you've seen it. I mean, even in North Georgia, you talk about it being like a kid, there's 14, 15 year old kids playing at like mad life here in Cherokee County or playing at Rootstock that are really, really good. Yeah. They, But again, they're, I get it. They're young, but some people just get stubborn and they're like, well, no, it's my baby. I don't want to share it. I'm like, well, that's the whole point of songwriting.
1: It is. It is. And I, I, I man, again, like I, I tried so hard when I was down there to, to, to do that with many, many people and, uh, and it just never, it never worked. And that's why I was making so many trips back and forth to Nashville, because everybody up here does it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's the opposite where nobody's precious about any of it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know why that is any cause it, and it's definitely a Nashville thing. Cause even in some of the other music areas around, around the country and stuff, it's like, it, it doesn't work the way that it works here anywhere else. So I, I don't know, why that is exactly uh like i don't know what it is that people's mentality you know won't allow them to 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 share that stuff but it is funny and and again i i mean gosh that was almost 10 years ago i was living down there and i was still trying to to get it rolling down there too and so it's like i don't know it's a funny thing man but i i love co-writing too and i kind of lost through the years the 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 gift of writing by myself and actually i'm making um my record comes out you know on the uh, on this Friday, mm-hmm. and, um, but we're putting some Christmas songs out this year and I actually wrote one of those songs uh, by myself and that's like the first song that I've written by myself that we're releasing and God, since I was in high school, probably. So, um, so I'm getting back into the solo writing a little bit too, which is fun, but I, I love co-writing and, and I think that is also what makes Nashville kind of work so well is the co-writing aspect and, um, and it's pretty awesome.
0: Well, it gives you ideas because I mean, there's everybody has so much life experience. And if you're younger, you kind of have more limited as you get older, uh, you got more. So absolutely. it's, I mean, I, I come from a heathen family. I don't, I'm not going to lie about it. I'm honest. <laughs> My dad went, was, was a biker, you know, I just yeah. grew up that style. So I have a different point of view with stuff. Okay. Same thing like with you, you got like the the farm and the raising and, and stuff like that. I'm listening to your story and it's. It, our stories are similar. I was 19 years old when I had a kid, I wasn't yeah. married. I got a pregnant, I ended up getting married. And I remember being in Nashville at a, some kind of songwriting thing, changing his diaper at a hotel outside of Nashville. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, it's man. a story.
1: Absolutely. I mean, yeah, we've changed, we've changed our little boy's diaper in many places, <laughs> uh, around. Or, I mean, gosh, I think he's been changed on the floor of the grand Opera a couple of times. Like, it's, <laughs> you know, like it's, yeah, I feel that.
0: I got a picture of my wife changing the twins in front of the Louvre on the steps in front of the Louvre.
1: (laughs) That's that wins. That might might be the pinnacle diaper changing uh, location.
0: She's originally from Germany. So like I said, she's been in, she's been, she's a citizen here for a long time, but she's originally from Germany. So we went and visited her oma. and in Germany, I don't know if you've ever been in Europe across the, across the pond. Uh, You know, it's all trains. That's how they get through everything. So we took the train from Germany uh, to Paris, and we stayed in Paris, which kind of being there ruined what the movies of Paris because it's nothing <laughs> like the movies. But, but I do remember her change, and I've got that picture. I thought it was so funny. I'm like, "You're changing their diaper." I said, "I got to get a picture of this before that's we get epic. kicked out."
1: <laughs> yeah, man, that's hilarious. I mean, yeah, that, I mean that. I think that really might win on the best diaper changing location of all time.
0: I posted it for. Her.
1: <laughs> that's amazing. That's great
0: now you mentioned your, your albums coming out on the, uh, Friday, right?
1: Yep. Friday okay. the 15th.
0: Tell everybody a little bit about your album and then kind of what's going into it.
1: Yeah. So the record's called side effects of the heart. Um, it's my debut full length record on monument Sony records. And, um, it's been a long, long process. I, I saw my record deal back in 2019 and, uh, and we started recording what was supposed to be my debut album then. And so like, there's a couple, there's a song called Radio Waves on there that that was, that's the oldest song on this record. And, and I wrote it in 2019, what was supposed to be that record. And then the pandemic happened and that shifted my entire timeline of what was supposed to be happening in my career and all of the above. And, and you know, that shifted to making this EP called Six Strings that we put out that had Vince Gill and Brad Paisley and all these folks on it. And so that some of the songs that were supposed to be on that record went to six strings. And so then I had to rewrite more songs and and all of the above. And um, and so it's been really close to about a four year journey of making this record uh, between writing it and recording it, and then re-recording certain songs and all of the above. And and so uh, it, it kind of we finally got it into what the full record was and what the songs all you know, connected well and everything. And really, for me, side effects of the heart as a whole, as a record about, you know, the idea from the time we're born to the time that we're out of this world, wherever we go. um, It's it's just like the emotional journey of what we go through as humans. And that's, you know, giving our hearts away and falling in love and feeling what heartbreaks like and losing people and chasing a dream and having your first child and getting married and all of the above. It's like all of the emotions and, and stuff that are the side effects of the heart to me. And, um, and so that's kind of what I, I feel like this record is. And, and I feel like, you know, for me, I'm 29 years old. It's my first full record. And it's really stories of what I have lived in my life so far or that I've picked up along the way from other folks. Yeah. Um, but uh, but that's, that's what the record is. And, uh, and I couldn't be more proud of it. And I, I couldn't be more excited for it to finally be coming out.
0: Well, let's hear another song. Which one do you want to share next?
1: Man, I guess uh, let's do Side Effects of the Heart. Let's do, let's do the title
0: track. All right. Is there any more of a story you want to say to that song, about writing that song itself?
1: Um, yeah, so fun, uh, the fun thing, this, uh, this is the first song that I wrote with a guy named Josh Osborne, which he's a, one of the biggest songwriters in Nashville. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, he's written, I mean, so many amazing songs that you've heard on the radio. Um, and so it was a bucket list co-write for me. And um, and I, I wrote it with two of the guys that I was making my record with at the time, and and we go. I got into the right, and I had this whole idea that like I was writing with Josh Osborne, he was going to have the greatest idea in the world, and we were going to write this big massive hit, and it was going to be awesome. And uh, and we get we get in there, and nobody has any ideas, <laughs> like not one person. And it was just it was just I was I was devastated, and. So I started, like, thinking we're, like, 30, 45 minutes in, just sitting there, like, kind of twiddling our thumbs, trying to, like, be like, maybe we're just going to, like, not write a song today, I don't know. And uh, I started, like, thinking about this idea that I had had a few months back. I was driving back to Nashville from from my parents' house in Georgia. And we had been dealing with some family stuff and, and going through a lot of stuff with my family at the time. And I remember just my wife and I had no radio on or nothing. We were driving in my truck, just driving back through, like, I, th- I was around the, like the Dawson County area um, on 136 through there. I just had this idea of side effects of the heart popping in my head. And this was back in probably around like 20, early, early 2020, late 2019. And um, it just popped into my head and I didn't know what it meant. I, I'd never really heard that phrase before or anything. And I was like, man, that's the album title, whatever the album is whatever it is that's that's the album and I didn't want to write it as a song was the whole thing for me I just want because I was like it's going to be this cool mysterious title that's I don't even know what it means but that's just what it's going to be and uh, so fast forward a couple of months I'm in this right one of my heroes and two of my friends and nobody has these ideas and So we're sitting there and i was like ah i got this idea but like i really don't want to write it as a song and like which is not the best way to pitch a song idea to like one of the greatest writers in uh and i was like but it's it's called side effects of the heart and he just kind of like froze and was like what what does that mean like what what is that and i was like well i don't know like this is what was going on with my family and stuff at the time and like we were just going through like my my sister was kind of going through a divorce or was about to be going through a divorce and there was a lot of just turmoil going on with my family and we were talking about all of that and then like started talking about how like what what is like the the timeline of life and like you're you know falling in love and then you think you're in love for the first time when you're you know 15 and then that's not love and all of the above and all these things and started just talking about it and then we wrote this song in like 45 minutes it just kind of fell out and uh and and i i loved it from the moment that we wrote it it just was it was just magic and and so it hung around for a couple of years we almost put it on the six strings ep and then i was like no i really it's got to be the it's got to be the album title like it just there was something about it to me that like it it summed up it all everything to me and so because again like this record to me is about heartbreak and falling in love and chasing dreams and all the thing and to me that's what this song is all about and and I, i'll quit rambling here in a second about it but you're bothering
0: me i ramble all the time
1: (laughs) the thing the thing that that i continue to learn the older that i get and the more that i honestly connect with this song uh through the years is i I think that we all as people think that we are going through our shit alone Mm -hmm. like whenever we're feeling low or honestly even feeling high it feels isolated sometimes and you think you're you're the only one feeling these things or worried about finances or you know dealing with marital issues or head to head with your kid whatever it is you know and i think when you're in those moments you do feel this like isolation and almost alone uh feeling but the thing that i'm learning and that i I believe is that we just we're all in the mess together and that's kind of the hook of the song is you know like we're all a mess living with the side effects of the heart and i think that we just forget to realize like we all have our own stuff and we're all going through very similar problems we just keep them close to the chest and think that we're alone in it and uh, and so my hope with this song and this record is that we can you know find a way to connect and to not feel that way and to realize that we all are dealing with the side effects of the heart and uh, and i thought like the more we can talk about it the more we can connect on stuff, the stuff that maybe the easier it'll all be in some way or another so i'll quit talking now but that's <laughs> that is uh that's side effects of the heart and kind of the, the whole sum of it all is the record and such
0: See, I don't mind the talking. That shows passion. I, I, people's <laughs> like, oh, why you talk? Because it's passionate. You're passionate about music, you're passionate about your project. You can ramble on for an hour. I don't care. That's why I tell people when they ask me, How long is the interview? <laughs> as long as you want it to be. As long as you talk and I talk, <laughs> we're good. <laughs> I love
1: it, man. I love it. That's awesome.
2: A break for the first time. Some things in life you can't explain. No, it's the only one you got, but you still gotta give it away. Even strong ones are born unstable, it ought to come with a
0: What was that what was that at the end? Uh, instrument wise, yeah, it was like a shot it's an or
1: acoustic. It's an acoustic and a uh, mandolin.
0: Okay, it sounded yeah. like it was something at the end, like like a fire shot or something. You
1: know, what oh, no, I don't think so. I okay. think I don't know. Oh.
0: <laughs> I, I was listening to it. You know, what I love about it, and I know a lot of times radio people don't like to do this. I love having solos on songs, and I don't <laughs> mind multiple solos. I got a song called the wolves and I put an acoustic solo and then I put an electric solo in and it makes it five minutes. It's long, but it's a, it's a rock song. Yeah. I know country doesn't want to do that, but I like that stuff.
1: It's uh, it's been a, it's been in many conversations, <laughs> um, but you know, it's part of my thing, you know, like, I mean, the guitar is equally as part of a part of my music as much as my, my voices uh, play 90% of the guitars on the record and all that. That's, you know, all me playing the solos and stuff. And that's really good. So so it's, uh, it's part of the thing for me, you know, and we made that six-string EP, like I was talking about earlier that's all kind of focused around the guitar in general. Um, so, you know, and it's a thing. Like, th- there's a song on, that, on the six-string EP called Jealous Love that I have uh, John Osborne from Brothers Osborne on with me. And they're no strangers, you know, to playing lots of guitar and, and such. But that was the very first, like, digital single that we put out on six-strings. And um, we got all the data back, and it's like... Soon as that guitar solo hit, it's an eight bar solo. Halfway through, skipped every time. Skip It really? was massive. Yep, massive. And uh, and so it's like okay. So I got in my head a little bit of like okay, well it's like do people not want to hear guitar solos? Like is that like not a thing? And and then I kind of got to the place of I was like, one, it made me think a little bit more about the guitar solo itself because you know the go- my goal is for people to listen to, me, to to the music. You know I don't want them to skip it. And so it's like, okay, maybe I need to shift the way that the solos sound a little bit. And then I started thinking about, well, you know what? There are people out there that I know that love guitar solos. Uh, I know there are plenty of them. And so, you know, I pick and choose when they are. Is it the smartest thing to put a four and a half minute song as the very first song on the record with a middle solo and a minute and a half outro solo? Maybe not. But... I really love it. So, uh, you know, it's my record. I'm going to do what I want to. That's
0: right. (laughs) That's exactly right. I got to see. I love John Caffey and Beaver Brown Band is one of my favorite bands.
1: Oh, dude. I love that band. That's amazing you know them because I feel like nobody ever knows who that is.
0: Oh, I I definitely know them because my band, Yes Ma'am, it stands for Middle-Aged Men. That's kind of what we generated the, the song on. Like where you talk about the albums, it takes forever. Yeah. I got an album, same thing. I've been working on for two years. I didn't, I just realized the other day, like, damn, I did that two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I like, Shit. I got to yeah. hurry it up. But yep. it's, it's a battle of electric guitar and saxophone back and forth solos. Oh, sick! And of course the song is about a stripper, but other than that, it's still Amen. <laughs> <laughs> got to write about them. But I love awesome. that stuff. And it, you said it right there when it's like, I love it. It's my record. I'm gonna do what I want. Yeah. That's how you should look at it. Now, granted you should listen to like some of the study, but you can't, you're never going to please everybody. You just can't. Yeah. So you better please. And I, and yourself. I would,
1: that's a big part of a reason why this record took so long to also make, because there was part of the record was finished last January of 2022. Mm-hmm. And then we, I, it took me a whole nother year to finish writing some of the songs and figuring out the right places and stuff because of me thinking about the opinions too much and about what it was. And I do think it's important. I do think you have to listen to what the data says, but I don't think it is smart to create off of that.
2: Right.
1: I think you should look at it and learn from it and, you know, take it in and then move past it and keep going. Um, and, and it took me a long time to kind of realize that, to be honest. Um, and, and I, uh, kind of started writing with that in my mind of like, okay, well, that's what they are saying. So let's not do that. Let's do this. And, and it just, I slowly just started like losing what it was that I was really trying to do. And for me, it's like, again, you gotta listen to it. And, 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 and some of that is important, but I would much rather fail at something that i am completely invested in completely poured my heart into and know that like this is alex hall through and through then succeed with something that wasn't me to begin with right you know and so that that's my philosophy on it and i I do believe you know there are plenty of people out there that are gonna love it and there's you know that that is the longest solo on the whole record too there's there's plenty of other guitar moments but you know i'm not i'm not every song doesn't need a minute and a half guitar solo i don't want to hear that many guitar solos so it's like Yes yeah, so we'll we'll see, but yeah, that's awesome.
0: Who's harmonizing with you?
1: On that song, it's Sarah Buxton, and Sarah's amazing. She's a songwriter. She wrote Stupid Boyd," the Keith Urban song, and she's she's an amazing artist herself, but um but uh she' sang on a few songs for me in, in the past, but she's she's the one singing on that, one. she's she's awesome.
0: See now you're what you're saying about the collaboration people that this I want songwriters that are listening that maybe think that you can't do it songwriting yes it's a competitive field we all know that but it's also probably one of the most friendly areas that you're ever going to be in because songwriters will help each other for the most part there's some that don't but for the most part they will and that's something that I think again, it goes back to what we said earlier, you got to wrap it around your head that it's okay to share and it's okay to grow and it's okay to help. And if somebody does better than you, great, pat them on the back, say, thank you. And go and work on your craft, you know, because that's, again, it's not as much as it's hard work. It's what you put, what you put into it. It's a little luck, it's talent, but it's not one thing over the other.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, you're right, man. And, and, you know, I think you can get caught especially when when your peers that you're with start kind of like climbing up faster than you or, or maybe even you're the one climbing up faster than them i think that's a lot of times where that stuff starts getting really challenging internally but again it's like you you said it. it's like you go like clap them pat them on the back and and then keep working at your craft because like what is gonna you know why why bog yourself down over something that really honestly has nothing to do with you and right and and that is definitely the beauty of nashville and there there are some you know yeah there are people that don't help out and that's fine but overall you will find that it is a very very tight community uh you know everybody everybody supports everybody for the most part and everybody's cheering everybody on and and uh it's a really small town inside of a pretty big city now it wasn't always that way but but it's still the the industry inside of it is still very small and uh and, and yeah, it's, that's just the way that it should be. And, uh, I lo- I love collaborating. I, I, it's one of my favorite parts of the, of the gig.
0: Yeah. I, that's why I do, I, I get to the point here in Georgia, like, you know what? I can't get people to do it. I'm just going to force it on everybody. So what I did is I took I mean, I'm at, I'm making a collaboration album. I take everybody from songwriters from Georgia. I write or I co-write with them and somebody else sings it.
1: That's awesome. That's I'm awesome. Like,
0: yeah. I'm gonna, I'm going to force it down. I'm going to make it happen one way or another
1: that's awesome yeah i mean that's sometimes that's just the only way to do it man
0: you have to especially here you've seen it i mean and it's not it's not lack of talent it's just lack of habit i guess yeah yeah Over like a or habit yeah. yeah probably so so uh what we got Like i said, i talk long with if you gotta let me go let me go uh, I,
1: I gotta probably hop off here around like 9 nine fifteen. 15 so we got we got a little bit okay. of time left
0: uh okay so yeah well then let's get one more song and then i did like a little 20 question kind of game it's random on the phone Please. so awesome. uh, what's the the last song you want to share with us alex
1: i know a guy is the gonna be like the the the, the single i believe out of all of it so if you want to play i know a guy we can roll with that one unless there's one that I, i'm assuming you've have you have been able yeah. to listen to the whole record yet if there's one there that you love too man to go by all means play it like my, I,
0: my favorite on there is denim and diamonds
1: play that <laughs> play that one I, tell me the that story. One and I know a guy on the same day. So, you know, they're, 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 they're connected.
0: <laughs> then tell me the story behind it. Cause I, I love the title. That's what that's hooked me in. And then yeah. I listen to the story. Uh, I,
1: I, uh, I wrote that one with, uh, Pete Good, who I, I wrote a, a lot of this record with and, and him and I produced the record together. And, um, and Josh Osborne as well. This was not our first ride anymore, thankfully. And, uh, and then Shane McAnally, which again, Shane and Josh are two of the, biggest songwriters really not even in country music but just in music in general They've, they're amazing they will be in the hall of fame one day they're so great and um and i'm fortunate that i've been able to work with them but they uh we wrote this we wrote the song together we started writing i know a guy um which was shane's idea and title and we were writing it and then in the middle of that i had this idea called denim and diamonds and it was a title and I had heard somebody say it in passing and I was like, man, there's that's again, I love alliteration. It, it, it's just it's cool. And I didn't really know how to write it. I didn't know. I just knew it was a cool, a cool title mm-hmm. and we were in the middle of it. And I had just put out this Christmas song earlier that year called I'll Be Home for Christmas. And it's kind of in this like waltzy Christmas song, you know, feeling. And we loved the way that it felt and the way that it kind of sounded. And so, we're like, what if we wrote a song that felt kind of like a Christmas song, but that was, you know, not a Christmas song? It was like a no, you're thinking. So, that was the feeling of it. And we started kind of playing with some ideas. And I was like, I got this idea called Denim and Diamonds. And then we instantly all just had this feeling of like, man, we should write this like, of, of like kind of a sexy love song, which I do not do very often um those are not necessarily the songs that i gravitate towards writing uh regularly and so we were like what do you do with denim and diamonds so what are what are what are like you give them the p you give them to her? what are they doing? it's like no you take them off like you you take the denim and diamonds off mm-hmm. and uh so we wrote it i swear we probably wrote this song in like 20 to 30 minutes max it just fell out of the sky and then we went back to finish i know a guy afterwards in the same we did it all in the same day and uh so yeah it's, it's it's just kind of like a, a fun little sexy love song and i don't do them very often but but this one this one made the record
0: see i love see i love sexy songs i made that it because I, I wrote a I, I my goal one of my goals always write a song a making song that people turn on like, the pandora lovemaking station yeah i don't hear the stories of it but i, I wanted to write this song
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah well this maybe maybe you'll find this one on there someday i don't know we'll see <laughs>
2: The way you look in the night, with your head on my shoulder. The way you're catching the light, everyone's looking over. Let me just look at you for a minute. Let the room just keep on spinning. It's all been a Of whispers and mirror bars Shimmers somewhere between
0: I said I love I love that song I love I love the waltz feel I, yeah. Time is hard for me. I'm I'm so horrible with time when I'm figuring stuff out. Like if you give me a drum yeah. beat, I can do it. But when I'm writing, it's, you're just playing the guitar and you're trying to find the rhythm and the melody, and I'm like, I love waltzes. I just I can't. Do oh it. man, I've got one song. I
1: I, I do too, man. And there's, <laughs> I mean, there's at least I know there's two on. I were there's two on. This one, I think that I'm try. I feel like there might have been a third, but I think we had to cut it. I, I had too many waltzes <laughs> uh, for the record, and we had to scrap some of them because I, 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 equally like it's, I accidentally go there too many times. So I, yeah, I, I love them as well.
0: It's, I think it's just because it's classic. People love classic, classic stuff. I mean, we kind of yeah. lean to it.
1: I love, I love the classics. I, uh, I, that's definitely anything classic is, uh, definitely got a special place in my heart.
0: Well, Alex, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I've had fun Thanks so much for having me, man. And we're not quite done yet. Like I said, I got a little 20 question thing that we kind of do. It won't be yeah. t- really 20 questions because I need to head out. Um, but you're more than welcome. To come back on any time. Thank uh, you very much. Send me some people to talk to. I'd love talking. It's basically what we're doing. It's a conversation. We know we yeah. shoot the shit and have fun and talk music. And like I said, I'm a songwriter. I love hearing stories. I yeah, man. Do.
1: It's and, it's I've, enjo- I've enjoyed it. It's fun. We'll definitely do it again.
0: Go ahead and tell them about where they can find you, all your social media, all that stuff that you want them to know.
1: Yeah, it's um, Alex Hall, Um, You know, I think Music by Alex Hall is all of the socials too, so pretty easy, you know. But luckily, you know, in today's world, you can just type in a name and pretty much find anything you need. But yeah, Music by Alex Hall is my website, and um, and it should take you anywhere you want to go.
0: Okay. Um, and like I said, you got a show coming in Atlanta on the 29th of september like i said i'll I'll be there i'm gonna bring my wife because she she did agree to a a date night (laughs)
1: yeah that's awesome and let's let's make sure to to connect man and and meet in person while we're there
0: absolutely i talked to casey she actually said she'd give me some tickets i was like really okay i was gonna buy it but if you're gonna give me tickets i'm gonna take
1: them oh yeah man come on that's awesome
0: i i have what i call the will of death and people's like it's got random questions in it so i have no idea what's gonna ask you awesome what are three things on your bucket list
1: Oof. Oh, man. Three things on my bucket list. Uh, I want to play the Ryman. I haven't done that yet uh, here in Nashville. My very first concert was at the Ryman with Chris Christofferson when I was 15. So it's, uh, it's a bucket list. Um, gosh, I want to own a 1951 Telecaster, like a real one. Uh, I have a, a, re, a reproduction from Fender. Uh-huh. Uh, the real ones, you know, are like 50,000 plus dollars. <laughs> So, uh, so that's a bucket list. Um, and then play at Madison Square Garden, I think, would be pretty cool. I don't know. All of my bucket lists somewhat revolve around music stuff. That's right? fine. So, um, yeah, I, I've been able to check a lot of bucket lists off, if I'm being honest. Uh, you know, Again, I've worked with a lot of my heroes, and a lot of them are kind of centered around that, I would say. But, yeah, let's go with those three. They'll probably change tomorrow, but...
0: I know I love guitars. If, if I bought a $50,000 guitar, my wife would kill me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mine probably would too. But if I bought one, I think I'd be in a different place in life too. So you, I don't know, I think we'd be all right.
0: <laughs> I got to sell a couple of songs before I can get one of those.
1: <laughs> me and you both.
0: <laughs> Have you ever had a paranormal experience?
1: Yes. Well, maybe. <laughs> uh, my wife has in the house that I grew up in. So that's one. Uh, it my the house I grew up in was definitely haunted. Some, the, the original owners before my parents died, uh, or before my parents bought it, died in the bedroom that I was mine. And so I woke up one morning, I might've taken an, an edible, uh, prior. So this is why I'm (laughs) like, I don't know, but I woke up in the middle of the night and there were like all of these demons, like in the bedroom that I saw. And I never experienced them before in my life. And so that was mine. And then like a couple of years after that, my wife and I were dating. And then she was there. And she was blow drying her hair in the bathroom, in the bedroom. And all the lights were like, started flickering and stuff. Which is like kind of like the power, you know, the power mm-hmm. surgeon will do. But then she heard this voice in her head with a name. I didn't even know the name of the person. And she came out and she's like, did what was what was the person's name who died here? And my mom told her, and she like that's the name, like I heard it. So my wife literally heard the guy's name in her head. The pathway in the bedroom. I saw all these demons, but again, I had, I was a little of altered state, <laughs> uh, and so, I don't know if mine was real. Hers was real. She was sober, so we'll say. Long-winded question is a yes.
0: <laughs> See now, if you ever come to Georgia, you want to come to the house? I do it here at the studio, or I do it at the gazebo outside. Now it's all family owned land. I have like nine acres with my mom. She lived, but she passed away. So I I, I got her property, but we have a family graveyard behind us, which you can't oh, do man. in Cherokee County anymore. And I don't ever tell anybody when they come out here. So they, a lot of times they get surprised. Uh, so I've had some paranormal ac- experiences here too. Oh for man,
1: sure. that's, couple- that's crazy. That's amazing. <laughs>
0: I know a lady came on the show one time. She, she did it up in the gazebo on Halloween, but she came from Atlanta. So it was dark. So by the time we got up here, it was like 6.30, 7 o'clock when we got started. And so we're literally sitting in the dark in the gazebo with the, the Mac right here in front of us and things are running through the woods. It freaked her out. It's no so way. funny. Oh yeah. It freaked her out. It's on, it's on the episode. It's a That's episode. Crazy. <laughs> life is buried. That she, would have
1: freaked me out. Honestly, <laughs> too. I, I would have hung out. I would have stayed, but like that would have got me. That's crazy. Is it? your family's yep. uh, grave site yep. awesome so it's my, like it, it's been in your family for a while
0: it, my, yeah my grandfather my my dad my uh, grandmother and my mom i call them grandmother granny papa and daddy and, and then mama they're up there so it's yeah. all we we had my uncle but they wanted to move so they moved him out which i thought like uh you probably shouldn't disturb graves but that's a whole whole nother story
1: <laughs> yeah that's that's amazing that's that's awesome
0: do you have a favorite family tradition
1: gosh that's a hard one I don't know if it's like a a full on tradition, I guess, but basically, after Thanksgiving lunch with my family, we always go get uh, the Christmas tree. Like every every Thanksgiving day, we'll go that late late afternoon and get the Christmas tree and then start decorating and all that. And so that's probably my my favorite. I love Christmas. I love Mm. love the holidays. Basically, Halloween through Christmas, I I love it. and so, I'd say that's probably that's probably my favorite.
0: Kind of like the Grizzwolds, aren't you? Go chop down a tree, and you
1: know, <laughs> I, we yeah, we actually don't normally chop them down, but we did do that for the first time this last year, actually. And and we did go to this like tree farm somewhere down in like Alpharetta, actually area, um, and uh, and there was like a tree farm that you would go chop it down and all that. It was pretty cool just
0: cool yeah we did it in putnam county we went to the woods and grabbed it i remember because like an 18 foot tree and we had like a two-story house and i remember daddy coming across on the sky on this little scalper just like putting up the store
1: that's amazing that's awesome
0: and i know you gotta leave so i'll ask one more questions one i oh, kind of always good. ask it everybody uh we kind of talked a little bit about it but give uh some of the best advice you've ever ever received oh
1: my gosh um Man, I, I've I've received some great advice I think through the years uh, from a lot of people, but the one that I feel like consistently has stuck with me, and uh, a dear friend of mine told me this. It was right when I was like about to sign my record deal. We were doing a lot of meetings with some folks and all of the above, and uh, and he came to me and he was like, "Man, just remember to always be the most likable guy in the room." And that it sounds so simple, but it's not always the easiest thing to do. <laughs> um, and uh, especially, you know, you've had a long day, you're tired, whatever, but like, especially as an artist or uh, anything and that you're doing, where you're trying to sell yourself or sell something, which is what, you know, I'm doing at all times, uh, what we're all doing, uh, is to be the most likable person in the room. And I, I think that what, what that kind of comes down to me is, is not like you got to put on a fake smile and like power through it, but, it's just being kind and lo- loving and, you know, being light and uh, and just being being present and being happy and stuff. And I, I I, think that that's kind of my message in general is like, I, I just want to spread love and, and happiness and, and just, you know, try to bring a little light into the world because I think there's enough darkness in it as it is. Um, and so that is always my goal is to be the most likable guy in the room and, uh, and, and the most authentic way and not being, I don't, I don't believe in a fake smile, but you know, I do believe in, in it's easy. It's easier to be nice than it is to not be. I don't know if that's the best advice in the world, but it's been good for me. And, uh, and that's kind of my, my philosophy and all of it.
0: Everybody should listen to. It. It, should be, it doesn't cost anything to be nice,
1: right? It doesn't cost a thing. You know, it's way easier, way easier.
0: Well, again, Alex, thank you for coming on the show.
1: Oh man. Right. Thank you so much for having me
0: i've had a blast um actually we'll talk a bit, about a minute off air because i'm gonna get a head out but uh everybody this was alex hall singer songwriter from from georgia but out in nashville chasing his dream and doing a hell of a job brother your music thank is you really much. good listening thank to you
1: it. man i appreciate it and thank you so much for having me we'll do it again
0: everybody this is george songbird knows alex hall